You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Right now, we can use some more victories. We can use more winning. We're due for some winning. And today, we have the opportunity to learn from somebody who's been instrumental in the victories of so many of the most successful people that we really aspire towards in our world today, in our culture. And this episode is extremely powerful. It is one that you're going to want to listen to over and over again. And my guest, I'm going to kick this off with a quote from six-time NBA Finals MVP and six-time NBA champion Michael Jordan about today's guest. Michael Jordan said, quote, Tim Grover was by my side for 15 years and knows more than anyone about building winners, unquote. I've got Jordans on right now on my feet. All right. Iconic, not just the domain of basketball, but transitioning that and integrating into culture. And Tim was right there helping Michael Jordan to take his game to another level. So having the opportunity to learn from folks like that who have these kind of insights is just such a gift that prior to this age of having this medium available to us, like you had to be in the situation, you had to be in the room to be able to hear his insights, to be able to hear from experts like Tim Grover. But we have this today and all it is is a matter of what you do with it when you hear it. So really, really pumped about this episode and Tim being somebody who really came into the game as a world-class elite trainer and understanding how important it is for sports performance, we've got to keep in mind still right now we're living in a time where we're not even talking about elite performance for most folks. We're just trying to get people to a level of health. We're just working to get people to a level of advancing from chronic disease where it is today in our society, it is the norm. Right now here in the United States, and I'm going to continue to share these statistics, 242 million of our citizens here in the United States are overweight or obese. Clinically obese or overweight right now, 242 million. It's staggering. It's staggering. 60% of our citizens have some form of heart disease right now. We're ticking time bombs. 115 million of our citizens are regularly sleep deprived. 130 million of our citizens have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes right now, not to mention the epidemics of autoimmune conditions, thyroid disorders, the epidemic conditions of Alzheimer's and dementia, and the list goes on and on and on. And obviously, infectious diseases are on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. Hopefully, it's not on your tongue, but it's really on its top of mind for us. And the number one susceptibility to infectious diseases is our existing state of health. The number one susceptibility is pre-existing chronic diseases with the most recent CDC report stating that not 94, not jumped up to 95% of the people who've lost their lives in association with SARS-CoV-2 on their death certificate, 95% of them had an average of four pre-existing chronic diseases and or comorbidities. We've got to do better. We've got to take better care of ourselves, take better care of our families, our communities. But please understand, and you'll learn this more today, it starts with us. It really starts with us. So 
Right now, we're trying to create an epidemic of health. We're trying to create an epidemic of empowerment. We're trying to create an epidemic of, of change, real transformation. And so really grateful for you being a part of this mission, a part of this conversation. And we're just getting started. We're just getting warmed up. There's a lot of work to be done, but there are so many good things happening. And leaning back into Tim's experience, again, working in the gym, training elite athletes, his roster of people that he's trained includes Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Scottie Pippen. You know, the list goes on and on. Charles Barkley, the list goes on and on. But that performance in the gym, like what can we do to get a little bit of an edge with our nutrition, for example? Obviously, food first is the number one tenet. But in the gym specifically with sports performance, my tenant, not just food first, but food-based supplementation, earth-grown nutrients, if we're wanting to get that additional 2%, 5% edge. Because I say that because a lot of folks think that supplementation is a thing that carries the weight when it's just percentages difference. The bulk of it, 90% plus, is our overall nutrition with real food, our sleep hygiene, our stress management practices. Those are the things that really create the foundation. Then we bring in the supplementation. It's supposed to supplement an already powerful protocol. But with that, there's one that really stands out above the rest. And it was the subject of a double-blind, placebo-controlled 12-week clinical trial performed at Florida State University with healthy test subjects utilizing Shroom Tech Sport. And Shroom Tech Sport is a formula that's based on earth-grown nutrients, including cordyceps medicinal mushroom that has centuries of documented use. But here's how it performed in this clinical trial. So it's cordyceps combined with a green tea extract, methylcobalamin, so earth-grown source of B12. And in this formula, again, this is a placebo-controlled, double-blind placebo-controlled trial, gold standard of clinical testing. Here's what happened. The test subjects implementing Shroom Tech Sport had an increase in their bench press reps of 12% increase versus the people who were taking the placebo. Versus a placebo, folks taking Shroom Tech Sport had an increase in combined bench press and back squat reps, 7% with these supersets greater performance, greater increase than folks taking the placebo. And their increase in cardiovascular performance shot up versus a placebo by 9%. So does it work? It absolutely works. So if we're talking about performance, if we're talking about getting that extra edge as a pre-workout without any weird stimulation where you feel like your ears are gonna light on fire or you know, like you're, you feel like you might get arrested, you know, like there's supplements out there, these crazy pre-workouts that have these crazy names because that's what they are. They're absolute, they're, they're crazy. There's nuts, the stuff that people put in their bodies. But there's things like Total War, Ultimate Fire Death Trap, right? Bear Claw, Bear Trap, like all these crazy different things. These crazy supplements with all these synthetic ingredients. And what we really, again, looking for, what, what are the things that are clinically proven, number one, but also having the efficacy, long-term use without any crazy side effects, just things getting better. So as a pre-workout or even pre-life, Shroom Tech Sport 
really stands in a league of its own. Check it out at onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. Again, that's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. You also get 10% off the Shroom Tech Sport and also their incredible earth-grown nutrient formulas, whether it's a recovery protein, whether it's their incredible alpha brain nootropic, just amazing, amazing integrity, and they're doing stuff the right way. Onit.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Can't Get Enough by H2O Chica. I have to give huge props to Sean. Not only does he provide incredible information in a way that is easy to digest, his voice is so calming. I honestly can't stop listening to this podcast, and I tell everyone this will truly change their life for the better. Awesome. Thank you so much for leaving that review over on Apple Podcasts. It means so very much. And if you've got to do so, please jump over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review for The Model Health Show. I really, really do appreciate it. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Tim Grover is the CEO of Attack Athletics, world-renowned for his work with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and hundreds of other sports and business professionals. And he is the preeminent authority on the science and art of physical and mental dominance. He's the author of the international best-selling book, Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable, and the author of the new book, Winning, The Unforgiving Race to Greatness. So let's jump into this conversation with the one and only Tim Grover. We've legitimately got a living legend here with us today on the Model Health Show. Tim, so good to see you. Pleasure, brother. How are you, man? Good Great to see to you, see man. You. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Thank Anytime. You. Well, I know how busy you are. I'm honored to do this show, man. I, I really am. Because I know you. you're selective. Oh, yeah. Very you, much you're, so. you're very You're selective. So as great it is for you to have me here, it's even a big honor for me be a part of this. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. The, the honor's all mine. We're all so excited to have you. We've actually got an audience here. We usually don't have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> My son is in the building. And mm. timing is an ingredient for a lot of things. Yes, it is. And what is it about this time right now? Why did you decide at this time to get out and really talk about your insights on winning? You know why I did that, Sean? A lot of people forgot what a win looks like. They forgot what it feels like. They don't know if they're going to get another win in their life. And this was like, hey, listen, you have a chance to win every single day. There's a win out there every single day. It's not going to acknowledge you. You got to go acknowledge it. You got to go get it. Right? And people forgot how to chase that win. They forgot how to get into that race and the feeling that winning gives each individual. And with everything that was going on, that's still going on right now, what's the one thing you always talk about more than anything else? The person's health. Yeah. Right? You can't chase that win without that ingredient. Yeah. You know, and you preach this all the time. How many people have you seen that sacrifice their health when they're chasing that win, when they're going after that, or even when they've gotten a win, and then how quickly it goes away. And then they spend so much of their time and energy trying to get their health back. Yeah. that's I love that. And you can win doing both. You can win yeah, at multiple, absolutely. you can win at multiple things. Just think if you take, the better you take care of yourself, physically and mentally, 
the more energy you'll have, not only for yourself, but for everybody else around. The way you set, the way you set an example, the way everybody sets an example during the most difficult times when you adjust, you pivot, you adapt, you overcome. And that's the same thing. Listen, we all had every single excuse and many of many people took those excuses and they held on to them as though they were their wins to let their health go, to let their mindset get weak, to use everything that's going on as an excuse. And then people like yourself who saw these times, who put out the information, actually made transformations in these individuals. Like they actually had a chance to, wow, this is a chance for, for me to really win at myself. There's a first opportunity. If you looked at it the right way, I actually have a chance to win at myself, break out of all the routines that were bad for me. And those people that won during this time that continue to win, they adapted and they won. Absolutely. You know, there's really these kind of parallel realities for folks when all, everything kind of went down. Some folks did relent to give up. You know, they just kind of put themselves to the side and their health spiraled downwards yes. where there's other people who took the opportunity to get in the best shape of their lives. Mm -hmm. But regardless of what people have done previously, and this is why I'm so grateful to have you here. It's like, now we can train ourselves to be ready for the next imminent event. There's always going to be something. Always. Yeah. We guarantee we don't know what it is, but there's always going to be something. But it's just what you just, we spoke about before we got this show on. You got to be ready before that thing happens. Too many people get that, when that event happens, then they try to do everything and it's too late because you don't know what's gonna be taken away from you. You have a chance, just like there's a win every single day, you have a chance to see those obstacles, you have a chance to see those, uh, understand those steps. Those are your wins. Those are your wins to be able to adjust to anything that's gonna come, uh, that's gonna come at you. It's like, all my clients used to say, I practice so hard so the games are easy. So if you're constantly practicing every single day, when the next thing comes, it'll be easier. It's not going to be easy, but it'll be much easier to handle than other people who haven't practiced. Yeah. If anybody knows about that, it's you. <laughs> this is real. This is real. So really staying ready so you don't have to get ready. Yeah, it, exactly. And that's the simplest way to put it. That's yeah. the simplest way to put it. You can fine tune, but if you're always, if you're not ready, you're in trouble. You know what I really love about you, Tim, is that you don't sugarcoat things. There's, a, you know, there's no sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> there's no, you know, you make it clear that success and winning is within us. It is possible for us, but you also make it clear that most people are not going to do what's necessary. They are not going to do what's necessary. And so what for you enabled you to communicate this so bluntly and so honestly about how difficult winning really is? Well, you know what? It's just what you said. Everybody looks at the the 30 seconds when a, a champion is standing on getting their goal, getting their medal, whatever it may be. All right. And everybody sees what you said. They see the sprinkles, they see the rainbows, they see the confetti, but what they don't understand what it took to get to that, what it took to get to that 30 seconds, what it took. Everybody looks at you. Oh, Oh, Sean, you're so healthy. 
but they don't understand the years and years it took for you to get this healthy and how it's a struggle. As fine-tuned as you are, there's still temptations out there. There's still there's still temptations out there and being able to practice the not to give in to those temptations. And the reason I came up with this book and I wanted not to sugarcoat it because people make winning and success as though it's so easy and it's not. You know, you see all these people that write these books that say, you know, five steps to greatness or, it, you know, 10 steps to weight loss or whatever it would be. Boy, do we wish it was that easy. Right. Boy, do I wish it was that easy. Now, I work out enough and I don't care what shape I'm in. When I got, if I, you told me right now to go run up and down those flights of stairs, it's difficult. Mm. So when people always say these steps, these steps, these steps, you got to understand those, there are no five steps. There are no 10 steps. Those steps are infinite. They're inf and they're constantly changing. They're constantly shifting. You don't know if that step is going to be there. You don't know if it's a right step. You don't know if it's a wrong step. You don't know if it's going to shift on you. You don't know if you're going to step in some quicksand. And then you may climb all the way to the top and find out that's actually your beginning. Mm. That's your beginning. Like you haven't even started the climb. You're just like the, the first <laughs> infinite steps were just a test to see, hey, are you worthy to be in this race of winning? Right. But people want the easiest way out. And listen, we're in a life where convenience sells quick, quick, because everybody wants it now. And we have that instant gratification. They want that dopamine hit. They want everything now. That's why health is so difficult for individuals because you can't see the results now. Just like your health, your body changes from the inside. All right. It changes from the inside and then your results. So on the outside, same thing with winning. The changes start from within and then winning will notice you on the outside, but everybody wants the other way around. You know, they want the fast cars. They, you know, they want the watches. They want the shine. They want the shiny stuff. They want all the stuff that you see on IG all the time, but nobody talks about what it takes to get those things consistently. You know, everybody wants to be in great shape. They want to be healthy. They want to live a healthy lifestyle. And you know, you and I being in the fitness business, how many times you get individuals that say this, I'll do anything. But their definition of anything and your definition Very of anything different. It's, it's Very all, different. is totally, like you're not even reading the same book. Yeah. And then you tell them, hey, this is what my definition of everything would be like, I'm not going to do that. That's what this book about. These are the things that the best of the best that I've known, that I've worked with, that I've spoken to, that I've seen, not only in sports, but in corporate America, CEOs, this is their language of winning. When you said that people's definition being different, I thought about when I was in my clinical practice and people would come in and they're like, you know, I've tried everything to achieve fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And then when I actually, and they, they're dead serious, like I've tried everything. And when I actually get them to detail how many things that they've tried, it's like three yeah. or four things. You yeah. know, it's like, for me, I really do believe there's a statement that where there's a will, there's a way. 
where there's a will, there's 10,000 ways, there's a hundred thousand ways. And so what we tend to do is we fall into this place of learned helplessness very quickly in our culture. Like you said, it's so driven by this brain candy and this immediacy and folks, I don't think often realize how hard we have to work behind the scenes to tell the truth. Yes. You know, even with Eat Smarter, you know, the publisher agents, they're all trying to get you to fit into these cookie cutter boxes. Give people those five things. Because that's what sells. Right. They're not concerned about it. They're like, this is what sells. Everybody's looking for the quick fix. And now, are you going to be that type of individual that's going to say, hey, listen, I'm willing to turn in my identity for that for that quick fix. And most a lot of people are. I'm not. Yeah. That's that's why I really resonate with you so yeah. much. Because, you know, what what the mission was, of course, is to get people educated on what's real. And what's real is not always easy, especially when we're talking about each and every one of us having so much individuality and uniqueness and different DNA and the list goes on and on. We really need to learn about principles, you know, principles of health, principles of success. Yes. But understand that everything is fluid and flexible. And if you don't have the the principles dialed in and blank happens, pandemic happens, uh, car breakdown happens, everything gets abandoned, right? Whereas if you are really versed on these principles, no matter what happens, you can adjust. And it's so, when I trained all my athletes, the first thing we always concentrated on, let's build the strongest foundation. You can have the most beautiful house there is, all right? You can have all the nice stuff. You can have all this stuff. You can have all these things going on in here, the best looking furniture, all the crystal, the diamonds and all that other stuff. If that foundation isn't built, and what are your principles built on? Your principles are, your foundations are built on your principles. That's it. Those things have to be rock solid. That's why in both of my books, when I listed my 13 traits, I always list them as number one. I list all 13 as number one. You have to decide which, how you want to put them. Now, they're as equally as important. They're as equally as important. You can't say, hey, I'm only going to do this one. I'm only, it's just like people will be like, you you give them a a, a health plan says, well, I only want to do this Monday through Friday. Mm. (laughs) I don't want to do this on Saturday. I don't want to do this on Saturday or Sunday. All right. That's not a foundation. That's not, that's not a principle. They're all equally as important. You decide what order you want to put them in that's unique to you, what you said in the individuality of the of that individual. What principles one person has, somebody else's principles may be different. No one's right, no one's wrong. But those have to be your your principles. And most of them have to be non-negotiable. Yeah. One of the most powerful sentences in the entire book, and I've got it right here, mm-hmm. winning. The new book out when this is coming out, it's just released. So make sure to pick up a copy. But one of the most powerful sentences in the entire book for me is when you said, there's nothing normal about winning. Absolutely nothing. I had to put the book down and sit there for a second because you said something that's just like in my awareness, but I never put words to it. Think about about it. There's nothing, any winner that you know that successfully won over and over and over again. Are they really normal? They're all a little off. <laughs> they're all they're all a little. So when everybody says, "Man, you know, he, he or she is crazy," they're a little bit off. I don't understand the way they think. Everybody think that's a bad thing. That's a prerequisite to winning. Yeah. So when people call me crazy, 
I'm like, I always say thank you very much because you know what crazy means? That means I have the ability to see things that other people don't. Everybody that's done something extraordinary in the world, you know, whether they've changed the world, I don't, whether they've come up with a new educational principle, whatever, whatever it may be, architecture or so forth. Somebody said, man, that idea is crazy. Yeah. I said, this dude is like, this dude or this, this girl is like, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. This world is built on crazy. There's how many people told you when you were just like, hey, I'm going to do this show on health and wellness and tell the truth about it. And people are like, so why do you want to do that? No one's going to listen to you. You got to be crazy to do that. No, they couldn't see. They couldn't see. Actually, let me change it. They did see. They didn't have your vision. Mm. There's a huge, there's a huge difference. And everybody that's a little crazy, when you talk about winning isn't normal, winning is not normal. You have to be a little bit off. I always say this, all right? And I also ha- have this in the in the book. All right. Winning makes you different and different scares people. It really, really does. It really does. All right. It's easy to fit in. It's easy to look at everybody and fit in that pack and so forth. But once you start to win, in whatever you want to win, and you want to win at your health, you want to win at your business, you want to win at your raising your kids, all right, it makes you different. And people are scared of different. They're like, well, why are you raising your kids that way? Why are you only eating this? Why are you only doing that? What are you doing? Why, your son? Like, why does he need all that muscle? All right. Different scares people. But your definition of winning, my definition of winning, his definition of winning is different. Right. It is different. There's nothing normal about winning. Yeah. That's so powerful. I got to share. I've never shared this before, but when you mentioned that example of me saying, I'm going to have the health podcast, top health podcast in the country. Top. The person who said that I was crazy, which she didn't tell me till two like two years ago, was my wife. She was this, <laughs> I would tell her this, I was like, baby, it's gonna be the most powerful health podcast. We're gonna have the number one health podcast in, in the country. And she's thinking, you live in Ferguson, Missouri. You have a little nutritionist consult, consultation practice. And we live in Missouri. Like yeah. this is not the health hub of the world of the United States. And so I'm, I'm speaking these things because I see it. I really see it. It's, yes. it's imminent. And I'm walking in that direction. But this is another thing, too. It's just I'm not just talking about it. I'm moving towards it. I'm proactively attacking it. Yes. And once it starts to come to fruition, you know, some people, they, they jump on board later mm-hmm. on. And sometimes with that, you not seeming normal, it's going to be to the people closest to you. Yes. You know, so talk about that a little bit. Well, <laughs> you have individuals that are supposedly close to you, but that don't have the same vision that you have, that don't understand winning. Because what happens? Winning creates distance. You know, when you win, the idea is you, you're creating distance from, you're creating distance from the pack. Where are most people comfortable? In the pack. They're comfortable in the pack. So what happens is your friends or your family that don't, that I won't say support you because a lot of them do support you. A lot of them don't support you, but you have to know the distinguish the difference between this. And this is going to be very important for you, young man. It's going to be extremely important for you. 
All right. For my son, Jordan. Jordan, that's going to be extremely important. Okay. Are people clapping for you because they're happy for you or because they have to? All right. That's going to be extremely important when you move on, when you move forward in your career, because most people are clapping because they have to. All right. Those aren't the winners. The ones that clap because they want to are the winners. They understand. They respect what you went through. Those are the people that will support you no matter what is going to happen. It's the same thing in your in your in your quest to be the number one to reach this to reach this path. All the people that jumped on board afterwards, they clapped for you because they had to. Very few people clapped before because they wanted to, and it was genuine. That's powerful. That's powerful. That. That needs to marinate for a minute. That's powerful. I hope everybody really gets that. That's yeah. that's and most people in life. They're not. They're 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 participating. They're participating. They're participating in. They're participating in somebody else's life or their own life. So they're going. They somebody else tells. Listen, you got it. They they see the people that really enjoy your success. That really enjoy your wins. They see you. They see those people clapping for you. It's just like when you give a great performance and people stand up. Not everybody stands up. They see one person, the, the people that genuinely like, wow, they stand up, they give, then everybody, oh, well, if they're doing it, I must have, I got I to I gotta do the same thing. Right. Winning doesn't want you to follow. It wants you to lead. It wants you to lead. Yeah, yeah. So I think a big component of why folks, like you just said, it's not normal, it scares people. It brings up that F word, fear. It does and bring up fear. We, we've got to talk about this. And so, especially, you know, we have a certain template based on, again, how we're raised, our experiences, our mindset, our sense of empowerment. And so for my wife, for example, it's a, it's a subconscious or unconscious feeling of, again, like you're going to leave the pack. You're going to stretch us. Like, what if it, you are number one? What kind of attention does that bring? How does that change the dynamics? There's so many uncertain things. But within that, and I want to talk about this if we're talking about in the concept of folks who are winners, winning at, and there's many different definitions of what that sure. is, but I want to ask you this because I think that we might think that the person who's doing the thing, who's out there working towards their victory doesn't have fear, but oh, that's not, that's not the case. That is, is not the case at all. They have more fear than anybody else. All right. And I talk about this book. I talk about this in winning also. I've talked to, Every person I've ever coached, from the business to the athletes, whoever it is, said, do you have fear? I have fear all the time. They have fear all the time. Now, does that fear make, freezes you in one spot? Does it paralyze you? Or does that fear propel you forward? That, that's how you have to look at it. So this is what they do. They all have fear, but they don't have doubt. There's a huge difference between fear and doubt. Fear is instinctive. Fear is instinctive. All right. That's something that's telling you, hey, listen, if you if you don't have fear, whatever you're chasing, whatever you win is, whatever race you win, it's not big enough. It's it, it, it's not, it's not big enough. Hmm. All right. So we all fear is instinctive. All right. Doubt is something we bring on ourselves. 
And a lot of times the doubt we bring on ourselves is manifested through what other people tell us, through their thoughts, through their ideas, which we start, which we start to believe. All right. And the people that win take other people's doubts and they use them for energy. They, they don't hold on to them. It's just like a workout. It's like an, it's like an empty calorie. Hmm. It's like an empty calorie. It serves no purpose. You got to burn it off. You use it, use it for fuel and, and, get, and get rid of it. So everybody's going to have fear. You're supposed to have fear, but you cannot, ha- you cannot have any doubt that this is going to do it. I'd rather have you fail at something and say, I went after it. Than not then be frozen by doubt and never given that and never go after that opportunity. And that's what most people do from a health standpoint. All right. Yeah, when you put them up, when you give them a nutrition plan, when you tell them these are the things that you have to do, there's some fear in you. There's some, wow, I got to give up this. I got to do this. I got to hear, I hear by my sleeping habits here. This is what's got to happen from a physical standpoint, mental. And you're like, man, can I do all this? Can I do all this? Can I do all this? But the ones that be like, you know what? Just like you said, when your podcast sitting in Missouri, you had no doubt. You had no doubt. So we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this. And that's, that's what you did. So. Things that people think are negative. The greatest athletes in the world have the fear. They have the fear. Michael Jordan used to tell me all the time, every time I get out on the basketball court, yeah, there's a little bit of, there's a fear of me not playing at my highest level. But I have no doubt on what the outcome is going to be. You know, he always says, he goes, I never lost a game in my life. I just ran out of time. Mm. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and also it's because no one is entitled to winning. Winning has no loyalty to you. It has no loyalty to me. It has no loyalty to anybody else. All right. What are, in the book I say this. You can you can hold on to winning briefly. Because once you hold on to it, it's already moving on to the next individual. It's always looking for the next person to conquer. It's always looking for its next individual. That's why a lot of people can't win over and over again. You could have easily said, yeah, I had the number one podcast. Right. But in order to have- It's a fight. Every single day. Winning has no loyalty. You can see, listen, we can launch this thing and you look at your rankings. Now you're at number three. <laughs> it, it has, it has no, it has no, it has no loyalty to any of us. And it's not supposed to, it's not supposed to, because it wants you to fight. It wants you to fight for it. It wants you to acknowledge it. It wants to acknowledge, it wants to acknowledge you. It wants to, it wants to invite you to the celebration. But you got to earn the right to get to that celebration. Yeah. When you you asked the question in the book, you said that you asked this to your your top athletes. You asked this to to lots of folks to to define winning in one word. And when you asked that question, I put the book down. And I thought about, it, and the first thing that popped up for me is fight. And then I was like, why that why that word, Sean? Because for me, I'm, I'm real talk. I'm more gentle than you. Yes. No, to, I, I right. you know, you grab people by the, you know, the jugular. <laughs> so I was just like, fight. 
but that's what I felt that it's, it is, that's the thread that I exist by with, yes. with the movement, with, with my mission. Yes. And, and, it's a fight. And, and it's a fight to change lives. It's a constant fight to change lives. You know, you're not talking about it, it's a, it, it, it's a, listen, I got to get in a filter, uh, uh, a fisticuff with somebody, or, you know, I got to get in a physical altercation. No, it's a fight. Me and Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Yes. You know? It's a fight to change lives. <laughs> so when I asked the question to those individuals, I said, well, give me what your, your definition of winning was. You know, everybody was, you know, I think it was going to be, oh, it's going to be glorious and it's, it's happiness and all this other stuff. These were the answers that came up most. It's nasty. It's hard. It's unpolished. It's unapologetic. And then Kobe came up and said, it's everything. It's everything. Everything. That's, that's big. All right. That's big. Now think about that. How do you feel when you win? It's a, it's a feeling you can't describe. All right. How do you feel when Jordan wins? It's everything. It's everything. How do you feel when your wife wins? It's everything. All right. When your closest family members win. It's everything. When all the individuals that you help out. <laughs> it's everything. Yeah. It's, it's a feeling only winning can give you. It's a feeling only winning can give you. And once you feel that feeling, you need to feel it again right. and again and again. Because it's not permanent. It is, and you really brought that right front and center in yes, this book. It is. There's nothing. And that's one of the things. People, people think once they get to winning or once they won once, that they've, they're a winner. You know, just in my previous book, uh, Relentless, you know, I broke people down into three categories, coolers, closers, and cleaners. All right. I'm not going to discuss that. You guys can read the book on that one. But on this one, I have a different, I had a, like a different, and this wasn't in the book, but I came up with it. I came up with it afterwards. And I said, well, let's look at people. I look at people three ways from a winning aspect. There's people that compete. Everybody knows how to compete. We all know how to compete. All right. And those individuals, they just want to finish something. They just, they're, they want to compete just to finish. You know, you'd be like, hey, okay, this program, I'm going to put you on a nutrition program. It's supposed to be a lifestyle program, but it's just said, you know what? Give me 12 weeks. So they put you on a 12 week pro, you put them on a trade, they get, they get unbelievable results. They're like, ah, I finished this. And they go back to whatever, whatever they're doing. Then you have the individuals that win but only one time. They only win once because that unforgiving race that it took to get that win, they're like, I can't do this again. I can't, I can't do this. I have that one win. But we all know those individuals that tell you about their wins back in high school because they won that one time. And then you have individuals that win at winning. Hmm. They win at winning. They're the ones that win over and over and over. And it doesn't always have to be in a support. It's in raising the kids. It's in their charity work. It could be in whatever it be. It could be that school teacher that every single year, no student is left behind. Every single year. No. It's those people that know how to win over and over and over again. Because if you constantly win over and over again, 
Think about all the different lives you can impact, different all the people that you set examples for, not just in your athletic endeavor, but in life in general. Win, winning at winning. Win at winning. Man, that blew my mind. That's yeah. powerful. You know, this experience over the last year plus now, uh, a lot of folks were looking for an outlet. They were looking for something to remind them of what's possible. But folks that win, it's just kind of, it's there already. It's already there. But people were demanding for the last dance to get released. <laughs> oh, they, they sure were. The ESPN special, and it was amazing. And so they released it earlier. The public groundswell of demand came out. And my son and I, we watched some of the, um, some of the segments together, but I watched all of them. And I saw you pop up there. I was like, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> and you were sharing some of the juiciest, best stories because yeah. you were just with Tom Bilyeu today, I believe, or recently. Yeah. And he's got a, a painting of Jordan's, quote, flu game. Yes. And it was a, it's a certain story he has in his own mind about it. And Tom's not even a basketball fan <laughs> for real, you know. But you shared an insight about that story, which yeah. is one of the most iconic moments in the history of sports, period. And it was a story where, and you could just, you tell the story because we, we all see it as like, you know, they're on the, the cusp of this championship run yet again. And Jordan runs into this, into this flu. He just ca caught something. Yeah. But the story's a little bit different. Yeah. So I, I'll be the first one. I just to get it out there. I ordered the pizza. I did order pizza. That was me. I made the phone call. Yeah. I, it was, it was, it was the only pizza place that was open. I didn't have any other. Other the other options, there was literally no other restaurant. But Jordan requested something to eat. Yes, there was no other restaurant open. Remember, this was in Park City before it was Park City. Mm -hmm. All right, before it became really Park City. So he goes, man, I, I'm, I'm hungry. Room service was closed. Everything was closed. We're like, okay, he's literally got to play tomorrow. And I'm like, I got to fuel this guy for people that don't know. You know, his me metabolic rate was extremely fast. So being from the nutrition side, I don't even have to explain that to you how detrimental that could be to an athlete that's got to perform at the highest level the next the next day. So we're scrambling. We're like, all right, listen, this, I, I said, I said, I used to call, he, he's the one person I call boss. I was like, boss, this is all I can find. He goes, man, order the effing pizza. All right, I got it. So I order the pizza, you know, and people are like, like, you know, well, why'd you, why'd you put his name on it? Listen, I know I'm not the brightest individual in the world, but I know better than to say, oh, the pizza, put, the, who's the order for? Yeah, Michael Jordan. All right. No, the pizza, was on, the pizza was under my name. All right. So they came in, they come into the desk and they say, hey, so we have, a we have a delivery. Everybody knew where the Bulls were staying yeah. during that time. So they come, up, they, they come upstairs and why the person at the desk let them upstairs, I don't know. Maybe because the, that's the, suspicious already. Yeah. Well, then maybe the, the room number was on there. They ring the doorbell. I open the door and there's five guys delivering one pizza. I'm like, man. Mm. I'm like, and, you know, you, you see them peeking around the corner trying to see who's in there. We got the door just open just enough. I grab the pizza, you know, tip them. And you know how your instincts just tell you, man, something isn't right here. Something just isn't right. And there was. There was myself was in the room, a gentleman by the name of George, MJ, and a few of a few of a few of his friends. They were just relaxing, and he was the only one that ate. No, nobody, nobody, nobody else touched touched the 
touch the pizza. And, and he had already told us, he goes, hey, the rest of you guys, hey, this is all for me. So he eats a pizza. And then about three o'clock in the morning, I get a, I get a call in the room. And I said, hey, man, I need you in MJ's room. So I go to MJ, and he's literally curled up in a ball. I'm like, oh, man, what the hell happened here? And there was no way it was the flu because he was perfectly fine when, we, when I left him like three hours ago. I was like, listen, we've all been hit by the flu, but it didn't hit him that, it didn't hit him that. Immediately I thought about it. I was like, checked anybody else. Is anybody else sick? Did anybody else eat the pizza? No. And then it just became known as the flu game. But, you know, MJ, we got him, we got, got him up enough, called the team physician, called the athletic trainers, did everything that, did everything that, that we can, got him, got him to throw up whatever was in there. And he just, he just said, listen, this win is extremely important to us. He goes, I just, he just, just get me on my feet. He goes, if you get me on my feet, I'll do the rest. I'll do the rest. And if you, that's one of the most iconic games in history that's ever happened. And, you know, people do, like you said, Tom says, it calls it the flu game, but it was the first time in the last dance that he finally admitted it. It was a pizza. When MJ finally came out and said, yeah, it was a pizza. I literally jumped out of my chair. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, he admitted it. <laughs> he admitted it. But the thing that I thought was so amazing about that is the one game no one talks about in Utah that describes winning and pressure to a T is game number six in his last uh, championship run. For the last 42 seconds of the game, they're down three points, 42 seconds left. Not a single other Bulls player touched the ball. Not one. Not one. He came down. He scored. Went back on defense. Stole the ball. Came down again. Scored again. Not one other mm -hmm. Bulls player touched the ball. Pressure is a privilege. Mm. All right. That means you believe in yourself and somebody else believes in you. And you can't win unless you believe in yourself. You cannot, you cannot win at your health. You cannot win at business. You cannot win as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, if you expect somebody else to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. I always like to use the guests as an example, right? When you decided to make this jump way back when, all those people around you did not believe in you. If you didn't believe in yourself, yeah. you'd still be sitting in Missouri. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's fa and even your wife had the courage enough to say, hey, listen, I didn't believe in you either. Yeah. I didn't believe in you either. And everybody else is looking for everybody else to believe in them. They want to believe in their dreams. They want them to believe in their wins. They got their own dreams. They got their own wins. It's your job to bring those things to life. It's your work. It's your dedication. It's your sacrifice. It's your language of winning means to you to get those wins over and over and over again. We tell our children, for example, that they have so much potential, right? We use this term with so many people. You got potential, 
but then we tend to we tend to diminish it because of the lack of belief. And part of it can be, of course, like people don't want you to fall. They don't want you to suffer. They don't want you to have to go through what it takes to, to win. And it's kind of that protective mechanism, but you have to rise above all those things. And what the tool is, and this word is another dirty word, it could be, but is a healthy sense of, of self-confidence or it can be termed as an ego. And there's like a battle against the ego but I don't think people really understand the dimension of that. Your ego can be a tool that you utilize to drive you to where you want to be. Yes. So can you talk about the difference with confidence, you know, healthy self-confidence, a healthy self-perception, ego versus being conceited and arrogant and all these other terms? That Listen. We have? <laughs> If you if you if you you produce results over and over again, you have a higher level of confidence. And if you have a higher level of confidence and your results are measurable, every individual I know that's produced measurable results has an ego. It's necessary. It's not a bad thing. Now you have those other individuals. That's a healthy ego. You have those other individuals that have never accomplished anything, that love to talk. They love to d d diminish everybody else's success because of their lack of success or they're faking success. They're faking, they're faking winning. All right. That's where it's a bad, that's where it's a bad ego. That's where if your results produce, you can define it as confidence, you can define it as ego, but those are the individuals that do this over and over again. It's healthy to have that. It's just like you when you talk about egos, I like to also talk about being selfish. Selfish gets a bad rap also. It's not selfish. It's the word itself that gets a bad rap. What is wrong with about taking care of yourself? What is wrong by creating time for yourself? You know, if we call it me time, everybody says, oh, that's a healthy thing, right? You know that, but if you tell somebody, hey, I need an hour to myself, like, oh, you're so selfish. You're so, you're so, you're, okay. Why do you have to go and work out every single day? Because the more time I take for myself, the more confident I will be, the better my, e the, the better my ego will be able to help other individuals, the better I will be able to take care of everybody else around. If you, if everything you did for self was considered selfish, you wouldn't work out. You wouldn't meditate. You wouldn't say no. Hmm. All right. You would eat what everybody puts, puts in front, puts in front of you. You wouldn't do the extra things that you need to stay, to stay healthy. You need to, you need to take in order to help everybody else in order to bring to help other people with their wins, in order to let them see success, in order to for them to do what they want to do, you got to do it yourself first. You got to do it yourself. And there's nothing wrong with taking care of self. Kobe always used to say, man, he's so obsessed. Well, how can you be number one? How can you have that number one health podcast out there if you weren't obsessed? And everybody says obsession is a bad obsession is a bad word. Okay, obsession isn't an, obsession isn't a bad word. It's how you use that obsession 
that makes it an advantage or disadvantage. It's how you use your ego and how you place your ego, whether it makes it a bad thing or, or, or a good thing. You know, it's, it's all perception on how people think. Like when you move forward in your football career, Jordan, people are going to give you feedback and criticism. It's the exact same thing. It's how you hear it. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. With this and that, that self-confidence versus being arrogant, I think, especially if we're just looking at it in context of team sports, for example, it's also about the team. It's about- It's always about yeah. the team. It's so for, always- So with this podcast, it's, just, it's about the team. It's about the community, the family. It's always about the team. This is, listen, you can go out and score 60 points and lose every single game. All right? right. Yeah, you you can you can do that. All right, that's a bad ego. That's being selfish. We all have the ability to elevate ourselves. The challenge is, can you elevate the people around you? Can you elevate the team around you? Can you elevate all the individuals that listening to your podcast on a regular? That's the challenge. That's where that's where the wins really really come come in. And that's the, that's the difference. There, there it is. You can easily, you can motivate a lot of people. You can motivate a lot of people. But after motivation, motivation is entry level. It, it really is. It's like that sugar high you get from, from eating a sweet. You know, you get this real high and you get this spike. Well, what happens once you hit that down thing? All right. You have to have the ability to elevate. You have to have the ability because once that motivation wears off, do you still have the ability to elevate? And then what you're doing with all the information that you're putting out, you're elevating the mindset of individuals. That's what you're doing. You're not more, you're not only motivating them, you're elevating because that's what winning requires you to do. It requires you to elevate your mindset because there's a lot of individuals that are out there that are motivated, that are motivated, but that's as far as it goes. That's as far as it goes. You know, people read a new book, they get motivated. New Year's comes around, they get motivated. Well, what happens? If that motivation doesn't turn into elevation, where you can light your own internal fire, because winning is going to do everything it can possible to diminish your fire. That's what its job is. It's to make you, winning's job is not to see you finish. It's to make you stop. That's winning's job. Winning's job is for you not to win. Let me say that again. Winning's job is not for you to win. That's why it's an unforgiving race. It's going to do everything possible for you not to get there, not only externally, but also internally. It's going to create doubt in your mind. It's going to make you second guess. It's going to turn your closest friends against you. It's going to turn your family members against you. It's going to turn you against you. Tim, why you got to tell the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so it's the only way I know how. You know, how do you get the biggest breakthroughs with your clients when they're honest with themselves? Yeah. You know, you just, you you told the story earlier about the individuals. You said, I've done everything. They laced three things. They're not being honest with yourself. The reason people don't want honesty is because honesty should lead to more action. But what honesty does, it leads to more emotions which leads to less actions and less results. What's the first thing a person asks you in a relationship? 
honesty mm. until you're honest with them. <laughs> until you I'm that type of individual that don't ask me do I look good in this <laughs> I, if you you already know the answer if you're asking me you you want me to validate something that yeah. you already know no you don't look good in this mm -hmm. you don't all right because if you did and you had the comp you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to ask me and it's funny, people will ask questions they already know the answer for because they don't want you to tell them the truth. Uh, when you put a program together for an individual and you, you know, that, that, how many pages in that book? Uh, it's about 400. 400 pages, 400 pages of literature. You put it, people be a look at it and be like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do this part here. I'll do here. I'll do here. I'll do, I'll do this. And then you finally tell them the truth. No, you need to do from pay, you need to do it from cover to cover, everything in between. And you tell them the truth, and then be like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And that makes a person more emotional. And that's what winning wants you to do. It wants to make you more emotional because the more emotional you get, the more likely you're to quit. Yeah, that's powerful. It's why we're lacking that, um, like you just said, Going from cover to cover is going to be able to elevate your mindset so that you don't become dependent upon that motivation, which motivation is a lot like a nice warm bath. And then over time, it gets colder and colder and colder. That's and, a great way of yeah. putting it. The motivation is to go out and get the book. That's the motivation. The elevation is actually to do what's in the book. That's where the elevation that's the, that's where the elevation comes in. The motivation is to go out and get the book. Yeah, you go on online and you order it from whatever bookstore, whatever. It is. Now you got these four hundred pages, and you're like, "Ah, I'll read it tomorrow. I'll read it the next day. I won't listen to it today." No, because you the motivation of the the instant gratification of having it is gone. Now, in order to open the cover and read everything and do what's in there. That's where the elevation comes in. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. Researchers at Yale University School of Medicine, the researchers found that one of the biggest culprits behind our obesity epidemic is neuroinflammation. Brain inflammation increases the propensity of obesity and obesity increases the propensity, the likelihood of neuroinflammation. They go hand in hand. So we've got to address this. One of the things that's been proven to help to reduce neuroinflammation is cited in a study published in PLOS One, the Public Library of Science One, revealed that the super green algae spirulina has the potential to one, improve neurogenesis in the brain. So the creation of new brain cells, specifically the hippocampus, is where we get a lot. And the hippocampus is the memory center of the brain. This is kind of important. And two, the study revealed that spirulina is able to directly reduce neuroinflammation. It's incredible, right? This, it's helping the structural integrity of this master gland, this master organ controlling everything about us, right? The most complicated object in the known universe is also one of the most fragile. We've got to protect it. This is why for myself and my family, spirulina, chlorella, 
ashwagandha, all of these powerful foods are put together in the incredible blend at Organifi. And this is a regular staple here in my family for good reason. Spirulina it being one of the highlighted ingredients, not only does it have this benefit for neurogenesis and neuroinflammation, but also has rare nutrients like phycocyanin. The same thing with chlorella as well. That phycocyanin is one of the few things that can trigger stem cell genesis, right? The creation of new stem cells. Very few things have been found to do that. And then chlorella is in the formula as well. And that growth factor, the chlorella growth factor, is just remarkable. And also its benefits in helping your body to metabolize and eliminate heavy metals. And the list goes on and on. It's incredible. But the bottom line is this. It tastes good. It tastes good. I've experimented for, you know, at least about 15 years with all these different green formulas, different green superfood plants. Many of them is not very good. Okay. Many of them, like, I, they shall remain nameless, but I've tried them, you know, back in the day before tasting good was an option. It's just like, just get it in by any means necessary. If you got to do the whole pinch the nose and get it that whatever. But now pleasure leads to longevity. Pleasure leads to taking a practice on and imbibing it and making it part of your routine, your habits, your, your daily life. So this is why I appreciate the fact they've created a formula that actually tastes good, all organic, cold process. So you actually retain and get the nutrients that we're looking for in Organifi. So pop over there, check it out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. And you get 20% off, 20% off their green juice formula, their red juice formula, and also their gold as well. So they've got some incredible blends all done the right way with integrity, again, organic, low temperature processed, and yummy. All right. Organifi, you got that yummy, yummy. Organifi.com forward slash model. And now back to the show. The first professional athlete that you worked with was Michael Jordan. Yes. Speaking of elevation, arguably the most dominant athlete in history. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. So I got to ask the young buck. See, I, you didn't think he was going to be a part of this. All right. He never, now, he, you never got really to see. All right, so I'm. I already know, LeBron. Not Jordan. Okay, I raised him right, Tim. What I are you see. Talking about? <laughs> so, so hold on, because I get people literally that'll email me or shoot me a DM and say all the stuff on YouTube that they have on him. Yeah. It's not real. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I said, yeah. I said you're actually right. It isn't real. It was even better in person. Mm. It was even better in person. They photoshopped them hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and for me, I think you got to check yourself because you exist in the era that you're in, right? So I, I was in the era of Jordan, but I know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was before Bill yes. Russell. I know that LeBron's today. But for me, I take it all in and I look at not just the dominance on the court. Like, mm -hmm. he also changed the culture yes. so much. And the fact that he was able to do what he did and to sustain that level of dominance. Like if he was there, he's just dominated, yes. you know, and to put so much fear, like literally other superstars who dominated in their, you know, their college or whatever the case might be, they, they really know in their hearts, like they're not going to win until no. he's gone kind yes. of thing, you know? So just so many different levels to it and also changing the way the game is played and the list goes on and on. But 
your very first, the very first professional athlete that you work with is Michael Jordan. Yes. Most dominant player in really all sports, you know, arguably. And my question for you, and I really want to know this myself, what are the ingredients that you had within yourself, within Tim Grover that put you in that room? And not only that, not only put you in the room, but enabled you to add so much to him to where he was able to take his game to another level. So this is interesting because I went to, I have a master's degree in exercise science. My bachelor's is in kinesiology. So when I went to school, everything taught me what to think. All taught me what to think. This is the way the body works. This is the nutrition plan. Here's the body. This is, this is what's, what, what, what's going what's gonna to happen. I was always an individual that knew how to think. So it wasn't always about what I read. Sometimes it, you, just, you just know. You're just like, okay, this just looks right. This just feels the, the, way, the way it is. And when I started to talk to him, and he gave me a lot of things about like, okay, he said, this is what I want to do with my body. This is what I want to do. And I had never met the guy before. All right, and I was telling him, no, I said, no, this is the plan we need to go. Here it is. And I told him, I said, listen, I have no, if you ask me for research, I said, I have no research on this. I just know this is the, this is the right thing to do. And I said, you got to, I said, you got to trust me on, you got to trust me on this. I just said, this is not about how, this is not about what to think. This is about how to think. He said, I want to become, he goes, I want to become strong. I want to become a better athlete. I want to be able to dish out punishment. So he goes, I need to get bigger. I was like, well, let's address the injuries that you constantly have all the time. I said, if we can address the groin injuries, if we can address the hamstrings, if we can address the ankles injuries that, that persist all the time, all right, and we can alleviate those things, you're automatically going to become a better athlete. You're already going to be able to be more athletic. You're going to be able to run better. You're going to be able to jump higher. And when I started the program with him, what I would do is I would say, okay, on this side of the body, I want you to do this many reps with this amount of weight. And then on the other side of the body, we're going to do either less reps or more reps with a different set of weights. And he was like, I thought we were supposed to have equal weights uh, on the side. Well, I said, Michael, through all the years that I've been watching you, you're left side dominant these are the thing this is a side that you use more this is what's going to happen so this is where the this is where the imbalance is we need to focus in on this i didn't read any books on that mm -hmm. it just made sense to me like you yeah. watch nascar they constantly go left 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 turn left turn all right i'm not a pit crew individual but common sense tells me that if you're constantly turning left the tires are not going to wear out the same yeah they're not going to wear the same so if you're constantly using one side more than using the other side, that side is going to wear out quicker. That side needs to be treated differently than the other side. I'm just like, sounds good to me. I'm like, it, it makes perfect. It makes perfect sense, and it worked, and it worked. So he gave me the ability, not only to use my education, but also use my instincts, use my trust that other things that I felt were just right. And now research later, 10, 20, 30 years later comes out what I was guessing or what I knew back then 
people are people are starting to do now. And I said, Michael, when you play the game, are you always out there thinking? He goes, no, I'm very rarely thinking. Exactly, because if you're thinking, you're not in the moment. So what to think a lot makes you, forces you to think all the time. Mm. How to think is that you trust, you trust yourself. And you, need, and you need both of them. And that's what allowed me to open up the door and create something with an individual that played on how to think and not what to think. That's really, really powerful, Tim. You know, I had on, I don't know if you know Jim Quick. I do know Jim. Yes. Yeah. So he's one of his big tenets is that in our education system, they teach you what to think and not how to think. And when he said that, it just spoke to me so much. And you saying that and reiterating, that's a, that's a principle of reality for so many of us, but we don't realize it. So yeah. that's one ingredient. You really had this capacity of having the awareness of how to think and not just what to think. So that's one ingredient. But what other ingredients, because I know some folks are, they have aspirations of being in, in that room, of being in situations where they can collide with greatness, where they can access their own greatness. What was another ingredient that you had that put you in that situation? Well, it was all the years of preparation to get to that point. The, everybody in life is going to get a opportunity or the opportunity. It's just what you said. Are you practicing every single day to make the games easier? When that game comes, are you practicing every single day? I practice every single day on my craft, tirelessly, endlessly. I did it over and over again. So when that opportunity came, whether it was for 30 minutes or it was for 30 seconds, whatever obstacle was gonna be thrown in my way, I was going to win. I was going to win. And people talk about the grind. You know, it's like, oh. So, you know, everybody goes through. I went through the grind also. And this is another key important thing that I put about in winning. If you constantly grind something, what happens? It turns into dust. So people are always saying, man, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. Well, what are you grinding? To what are you forming when you grind, what is that end result? So every time I practiced, every time I won, my grind was for a purpose. It was to form something that was going to get me to the next level. I just wasn't grinding just to grind, just to make, you know, everybody, it's a way to sound like, man, you're working hard, man, I'm grinding. Well, what are you grinding for? What is the shape that you're trying to take in this grind? Winning wants to see the shape of what you're going to look like, what you gr what you're grinding for. When you have a, a when you have a party and people have these ice sculptures, it's a big old brick. You chisel away the things until you get the form that you want. When you're grinding for something, that's what you have to do. You have to grind away the unessentials to have whatever you're looking, whatever form you are looking for. And that was my practice every single day. So when I got that opportunity to win, I knew exactly what form I was in and what I could deliver. Yeah. This is it's so simple. It's so simple. It's not that complex. Yeah. Being healthy is not that complex. Yes. Yeah, it's not, it's it, not complicated. It, it is, it's not complicated. Yeah. All right. If you're going to add something, you got to delete something. You got to take, it's not, I always tell people, 
every diet out there, every nutrition book, they all work. Fact. If you do them. Fact. They all, they, <laughs> every single one of them yeah. works. Now, long-term, short-term, I, that's not for me to say. Yeah. But they all work. They all work. But no one's going to, no one's going to get healthy by just reading your book. They got to put, you said principles. They got to take the principles in the book and put them into action. You are not just going to win by reading the book. You have to put the principles into action, not only physically, but mentally. That's the difficult part. That's the difficult part. Those ingredients that you mentioned, one of them is learning and, and cultivating how to think, and the other one being wor really working on yourself. Really, again, making sure that you stay ready so that you don't have to get ready. Yes. And if folks can really get that, to keep working on yourself, there's going to be external opportunities, there's going to be situations and moments, but the thing that you can control the most is keep building yourself up, keep adding to your own superhero utility belt yes and working on your own skills your own mindset your own persistence resilience whatever it is so that you're prepared for whatever opportunity or, or life throws at you now another situation that we all experienced recently was the tragic passing of kobe mm. and that's how 2020 kind of started yeah and you start the book off with some remarkable insights about working with Kobe and the mindset you had just talked with him about a week prior. Yeah. So, you know, we had texted back and forth and we, he was busy. I was busy. We were trying to get together and they'd be like, man, you good. I'm good. What are you doing? You know, his line was always, I'm chasing, you know, I'm, I'm chasing that next win. And we tried to get together, you know, and then we, the all-star game was going to be in Chicago that year. So the NBA All-Star game was going to be in Chicago. So he said, hey, I'm going to be in town. I got some business. I got some business to take, to take care of. So let's plan, let's plan together. Let's plan together. Let's get together during that time. Like, done. It never happened. It never happened. So I used to always tell Kobe this all the time. I said, we don't have time. You know, because everything, everything's an everything's an urgency. Because we just, you just don't know when a career of a professional athlete is going to be over with. And I wasn't thinking of it that way. I was thinking of more of, you know, hey, you only have so many jump shots. You only have so many miles on the legs. You know, we're going to prolong it as long as we can. So I said, we, we don't have, we don't have time. And I think about that statement, and I, every day I was just like, man, I wish I was wrong. I wish I was wrong. You don't have time for your health. You know, there's no, the longer you wait to get your health in check, the less chance you have of winning. So when everybody says, I'll start, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start next week. I'll start after the holidays. You may not get a chance. You may not get a chance. The thing that I really admired uh, even about your description of of Kobe and his and his approach to things, because we know about the the basketball legend, 
but he took that same mentality. You have to put it into something. Like, you have to. If I, yes, if I don't put do. my mentality of, 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 of fight and dominance and, and service into something, I'll go crazy. You, you'll, be, it'll become, you'll become destructive to yourself. And then you have individuals that, are, that aren't healthy, that aren't living a healthy lifestyle physically and mentally. It's just because of what you said. They have this competitiveness in them and they don't haven't found anything else to challenge it, challenging it. You see it in um, athletes all the time that once they stop playing, that's when all, that's when a lot of the destructive behaviors happen. And you look at the successful, you look at the successful individuals. All right. They've always learned to compete in a different atmosphere, in a different arena. You know, Kobe, after he stopped playing, ba- after he stopped playing basketball, he had already won an Oscar wrote unbelievable children's book and was just like, hey, I'm about to take over Hollywood. All right. You have Dwayne Wade, broad, broadcasting, fashion, game show host. So it's constantly competing against something. MJ, well, we already know about the shoes. You know, it's, it's iconic. Now he has that. He, he's, he's in the tequila business and he's in many other, many other ventures. How would you like to... <laughs> How'd you like to be an individual that built your own private, private 18 hole golf course? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, your own, you like, you can close it anytime you want to say, Hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play. But that competitive nature doesn't, it, it cannot stop. It cannot stop. What did I say earlier? We all love to compete. We all love to compete, but at some point in your life, you look at individuals and you just say, when did you give up? When did you no longer want to win? When did you no longer want to win in your relationship? When did you no no longer want to win to see your kids get better? When did you no longer want to win with your health? When did you just like decide that, Winning in all aspects is not important. And you see it all the time in people. You just see it that they've just like, they've just settled for mediocrity. They've settled for average because that's where most people are. That's where the most comfort is. Oh, the one thing I enjoy every single day is I enjoy being able to go in my closet and be able to wear whatever I want. Everything in my closet fits. As simple as that may seem, every day I can do that, that's a win for me. And each day that win is a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder. It's a little bit, it's a little bit harder. But if you're blessed enough to open your eyes and to be able to put your feet on the ground it's a great day. The rest is up to you. The rest is up to you because many people don't get that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I was just picturing you, Tim Grover, having that experience walking into the closet, everything fits versus if you gave up and I bump into Tim walking out of Burlington Coat Factory with the triple XXXL uh, big and tall men's department. And which would be easier? Uh, Burlington. Shout out to Burlington. 
discount prices. Which would be easy. <laughs> like to literally yeah. be like, yeah, you know what? And that's what most people do. Yeah. That's what most people do. I wouldn't, listen, no disrespect to anybody else. If I couldn't display what I talk about, you wouldn't have me on this show. If I wasn't living proof of what you talk about on a daily basis, let's let real is real. Real is real. I want to talk to a guy about mindset and about fitness who's coming in here who's just like, yeah, who doesn't portray any of that? No, I'm not. But even, that's another one of the ingredients of Tim Grover is walking the talk, which again, this is it's it should be obvious. But in our world today, there's a there there tends to be a lack of congruency. When it's something so simple, you know, we talk about practice what you preach and all these little cute terms, but truly just abiding by the principles that you aspire towards, that you want to imbue in other people, just being it. And then this is why it, this is the model health show. It's being the model, you know, being the example and doing it yourself. It might be difficult at times. It might be, it might stretch you. It might call character traits out of you you didn't even know you had. But at the end of the day, it's going to feel really good because you're going to you're going to have those wins. But ultimately, and this is what I want to ask you about, because I love this about you so much and about the book. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you don't have a top 10 or top 13. You do have a list of requirements for winning, but all of them are number one. So it's like number one, this number one. And I want to ask you about this because this is one of the things that really talks about how things, you know, we have those victories, but they can be fleeting. You yes. know, we, it's a continuous process. But one of, one of these, I want to ask you about this one first and I'll come back to that one. This one's so powerful. Number one, winning wages war in the battlefield of your mind. Every day there's a war going on in the battlefield of mind here. Who's taking control of that battlefield? Are you taking control of that battlefield or is somebody else taking control of that battlefield? Listen, every single day we have to deal with anxiety. We have to deal with am I not am I am I good enough? We have to deal with what everybody else what everybody else is telling us. We have to deal with fear. We have to deal with failure. We have to deal with those things. If those things are constantly blowing up all the time, you're gonna lose lose the battle. You have to be able to know where those minefields are and you have to be able to maneuver those, to maneuver in those things. And not always those things are negative. A lot of times people set you up for that battlefield, with the, for that explosion in your mind. You don't need to work out today. Man, Sean, man, enjoy yourself, man. You know, here, you know, have a couple of drinks, do this thing. So other people start to plant those things in your mind. And they get control of it, and they start to explode those things. They start to they start to uh, disengage all those things. They start to blow things up. This is your most valuable real estate. This is your most valuable real estate. And for a lot of individuals, we don't even control this real estate. Somebody else is sitting in there in your real estate, and they're not even paying rent. <laughs> like you just get you squatting. just squatting. Yeah, squatting exactly. You just gave you just gave them that space. You got to be able to control that minefield that's going on in here. Your thoughts are not always your actions. All right, listen. If all my thoughts were my actions, 
Well, we, we the Tim Grover serial killer story. Thank you, <laughs> thank you it, on it, TNT. <laughs> thank you. No, it, but but we're not. We're not always. We don't have to act on all. Our, we don't have to act on all of our emotions. We don't have to do those things. But you have to understand. There's a battle that's going on in that mind every single day. Every time you sleep, every time you get up, all those things. Listen, I have this thing in there, and this is so important. All right, your mind has to be stronger than your feelings. Your mind has to be stronger than your feelings. Think about every poor decision that you've made in your life. It was a decision mostly made by your feelings. And you did that because you didn't want to hurt somebody. You didn't want to tell them the truth. And that's a battlefield that constantly goes on in the mind. That's why, I, listen, with me, you know what you're going to get. I want you to tell me the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. When's the best time to tell the truth? All the time. All the time. You know, I tell this thing a couple of uh, couple of years ago, I was on a... Uh, I was on a date with a young lady. We went out a couple of, we went out a couple of times and then I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. So we got, we got together and she goes, oh, please don't give me that line that it's not me. It's you. I said, no, no, it's you. <laughs> no, it, it, it's you. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Let's get this perfectly clear. But the point of that story is you tell the truth, you control the battlefield and you, you control the battlefield in your mind. You let other people tell you the truth. Yeah, it isn't going to always lead to the right the the right emotion, but it's done. It's closure. You get you get to move on. Your mind has to be stronger than your feelings. Most people's nutrition. All right, when do they give up? Yeah, when things get a little challenging. That's it. Yeah, yeah. When they start, that, eh, I don't feel. You know, I don't. Yeah, okay. You put them on a healthy a healthy plan to a better life, more fulfilling life, all right? Yeah, there are going to be some feelings and emotions that are going to be like, hey, no, you know what? Hey, you know what? You don't need to sleep as sleep as much. You don't need to work out. You don't need to work out today. You can go ahead and have that cookie. You can go ahead and, and, and ha have that ice cream. And your feelings start to say, yeah, it'll be okay. And your mind says, I, I can't, I can't. No, 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 no. Most people, when they give up, you think about it in a workout, all right? You give up because you're mentally tired or are you physically tired? Most people, they just give up because their feelings are saying, I don't want to do this anymore. But you can still, then when your coach tells you, come on, push a little bit more, all of a sudden, hmm. you, you, find that, you find that extra gear. Well, that's just showing you that if your minds are stronger than your feelings, how much more you can do. Yeah. Part of that, what you said earlier was just really jumped out at me. I mean, all of that is incredibly powerful, but when somebody, for example, is offering you, you know, like, Hey, come on, it's okay. Like have, you know, here's this, um, when I, when I was really going hard, just the way that I grew up, I go to Taco Bell, I get the 10 pack tacos, right? Of course. And I'm not sharing. Not right? no. So if somebody was like, here, have, you know, have your 10 pack. And they know that you are, for example, working on a new health protocol, you're really working to be better. And then that, but we think that it's them. 
But part of us is inviting that permission. Yes, slip, it is. Right. And that's, yes. that's part of that battlefield of the mind and you having the opportunity to overcome that moment. Right. And it's not even villainizing the thing. It's just having this higher, something that, that tastes even better, something that, that win, that victory that tastes so much better than these really chitty Taco Bell tacos. You can get, you can get, you can go to get that taste from those tacos from a lot of different places. There's only one way and only one place you can get that taste and feeling of winning. And that's by winning. Come on. That's it. You can't get it from anywhere else. You can't get it from Taco Bell. You can't get it from Del Taco. You can't get it from Del Frisco's. You can't get it from whatever Del there is out there. All right. You can't. That's the only place you can get winning from. Number one. So number one, winning wages war in the battlefield of your mind. Number one. Here's another one. Number one, winning is the ultimate gamble on yourself. Confidence. Confidence. You got to gamble on yourself. Did you gamble on yourself? Absolutely. Had to. All right. Sean, did you gamble on yourself? All right. Did you gamble on yourself, young man? All right. I gambled on myself. Why should, why are you waiting for somebody else to believe in you and to have more control? You got to gamble on yourself. You got to know that, hey, listen, when I gamble on myself, I have the utmost confidence. I know what the outcome is going to be. Put your health in your own hands. Put winning in your, in your own grasp. Don't wait for somebody else to don't wait for somebody else to hand it to you. But you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your abilities. Not only do you have to believe in them, you have to work in them. You have to excel in them. You have to understand them. If you're not willing to gamble on yourself, I'm not will, I'm not going to gamble on you. There's, there's no there's no way. I'm not I'm not going to gamble on you. I've never had to tell my athletes, "Listen, you got to want it. You got to work hard. You got to show up early. That's part of the gamble. They already know that. They already know that. You know, you hear this all the time, man. You know, showing up is half of the battle. No, showing up is none of the battle. <laughs> showing up is none of the battle. All right. How do you expect to win the battle if you don't show up? Hmm. It's like a. <laughs> It's just, but people that say that aren't willing to gamble on themselves. They're just not. Mm. We're just, just touching on some of these tenets that are outlined in the book. I just want to hit on a couple more before I let you go, because these are things that I want to hear more about myself as well. And this one really jumped out at me. And I think it's really relevant right now as well. Number one. Winning is a test with no correct answers. No correct answers. There is no correct answers. The way you won is not the way I'm going to win. The way Jordan won is not going to win the Sherry won. No, we're all going to win. We're all going to have to figure it out ourselves. We're all going to have to figure it out ourselves. This is, goes back into, you know, what to think and how to think. This is this. This is it. There is no correct answer. If there's a correct answer, it's all about what to think. What to think. All right. There is nobody told me when I was training MJ to be like, "Hey, listen, work out on game day." 
Nobody told me that. I didn't read that in a book. That sounds insane. Uh-huh. Just coming from the outside, yeah. which what you, you guys lifted on game days. Every game. Every single game. All right. Nobody told me. And people still do this now. You know, you would see MJ and Kobe, Dwayne, all these individuals play so hard. And it was like, man, sometimes I, I, I get, I get, you know, I get tired. And I wish I could recover a little bit more. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And all, all the old adages out there when you when you work out, you know, these these are principles that you and I, when we were early in our careers, we may have even told other individuals because they told us to do this. When you're like really breathing hard and you're like, you know, you're like trying to gasp in for air, put your hands above your head so you can open up your lungs more. Well, I'm breathing pretty freaking hard. My lungs are open. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they're pretty much open. How can I recover faster? I told MG, I said, grab your shorts. How many pictures do you see of MJ grabbing his shorts? Mm. I said, just bend over and grab your shorts. I said, don't put your hands on your knees, just grab your shorts. I said, allow you to recover. Because now what happens is you don't have the full weight of your body anymore. And I told Kobe the same thing. Kobe said, well, I, I, I said, he goes, well, that, you know, he goes, that doesn't look good. I said, you want to look good or you want to win? Mm. Which one you want to do? So that's that's what that's all about. That's literally what that's all about. Mm. Iconic. I'm going to ask you about one more because we've all heard the statement that life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. <laughs> but winning is different. So mm-hmm. you have number one, winning is not a marathon. It's a sprint with no finish line. Yes. All right. It is a marathon, but with a bunch of sprints in between. And there is no finish line because once you finish one win, the next line always starts and the next one always starts and the next one always starts. All right. You may win that day from a nutrition standpoint. If you're starting a health program or the mental exercise you give the individuals to create clarity or whatever, you've won that day. But the next day is a new start. And the next day, it's a new start. And it's a new finish. And it's a new finish. Every time you finish the podcast, every time you do a new podcast, you finished that podcast, you got to the win. But there's another one. And then there's another one. And then there's another one. There's always another one. And I have to, and you have to think of it this way. All right. When you watch horses run in a race, they have no idea where the finish line is. They have, they have no idea where the finish line is. They just keep going. You literally have to, you literally have to slow, slow, you literally have to slow them down. So in your mind, understand that once you get to that one fit, once you end up finishing that thing, there's always another win that's way, there's always another win that's waiting for you. There's always another one. And there's never a finish line. If there's a finish line, I'll go with exactly what Kobe said. All right, rest at the end, not in the middle. We're at the end of this episode (laughs) and Tim Grover, you are a a true legend and it's such a gift for all of us. And I just appreciate you so much. Let everybody know, please, where they can pick up the new book, Winning. Winning is out on May 18th. You can get it from any bookstore that's out there online. It's available in audio. Go to 
you go to your favorite bookstore, go to Amazon. You can, or if you want to, you can order from timgrover.com, whatever you'd like. But it's it's being released on May May eighteenth. Listen, winning is in all of us. Like Kobe said, winning is everything. I want you to experience everything. I want you to do everything. I want you to live for everything. Tim Grover, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. So many major takeaways. And one of the big ones is that winning is not normal. When you're committed to being the best version of yourself, when you're committed to accomplishing the big goals and dreams that you have, by its very nature, you're not going to be normal. You're not going to fit into the norm of what people believe is possible for you, what society believes is possible for you. And to hear this straight from somebody who has exposure around people who've done some of the most exceptional things that we aspire towards and understanding truly it's an ingredient into the equation. And for us to be more comfortable with being different, for us to be more comfortable with being a little weird as he called it crazy. So when people say you're crazy, say, thank you. We real crazy, you know, take it as a compliment. And also something that just hit another rung of importance and just another layer, adding another leg to the belief that I already have around really inspiring people to not just learn what to think, but how to think. And this is something that's not really given to us in our conventional system of education. We're really inundated with facts and figures and things that we should know and really telling us what to think and not gifting us, opening up that capacity, which we all have all innately but cultivating that for us to really learn how to think and how to think, how to take a meta perspective about different things, how to shift and look at things from different dimensions. And because the reality is, as Tim mentioned, practically every diet book works. It's not that they don't work. It's a matter of context. There are situations where they work. There are situations where they work for you. There are situations where they don't work for you. And for us to be able to analyze and look at all those things, instead of just looking at, this is telling me what to do, you've got to understand that there's nuance. And if we learn how to think, we can start to apply these things in its appropriate context. But this is just a muscle that we work. It's something that we build over time because it can atrophy just like anything else. You know, so really learning how to learn and not just what to learn. And so a good resource for that are the episodes that we did with Accelerated Learning Expert Jim Quick. All right, so we'll put those for you in the show notes as well. But listen, winning is a powerful book. This is a powerful conversation. This is a powerful time to really embrace our own greatness and to really step up and to take things to another level. The world is really, really desiring that. But it's going to take somebody who's comfortable with not being normal to step up and do it. But just a little caveat here. It's not necessarily about being comfortable either because there's gonna be discomfort along the way. And it's embracing that as well. Because I truly believe that, it's not that the entire process has to be this grind, like you mentioned. And I really love that he said that, you can grind yourself into nothing. There's a place that you come to where the, the difficulty and the challenge, it's not that you necessarily fall in love with it, because that's kind of romantic as well. It's that you just kind of accept it and embrace it. And so that it doesn't even seem as difficult anymore, just because it's just become the norm. And so what are the things that you can do day to day in your own life 
that puts you in a little bit of discomfort, that builds that muscle of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, maybe it's doing the cryotherapy, you know, cold plunge. Maybe it's, you know, reading and learning about something that's what you feel is outside of your wheelhouse. You know, so maybe you are really into learning about nutrition, but you pick up a book on physics or you pick up a book on basket weaving or I don't know, something else that just seems like it's not really in your domain. But what we find continuously over and over again is that when I learn about things that aren't necessarily in my passion or that are in my field of expertise, consistently I pull something away from it. I'm a big fan of beauty. I'm a big fan of greatness in many different domains. Like I study greatness. I, I study people who are great performers in different areas that folks might not necessarily attribute if they just saw me on the street or even if they listen to the podcast or read my books. But I'm a big fan of greatness in country music, for example. I'm a big fan of greatness in poetry. I'm a big fan of greatness in track and field. Like that's what I've been watching a lot lately. I've been watching the track and field highlights. Like every day I'm looking at that. And just really thinking about when I see the greatness, I think about the person's story. I listen to their voice. I, I look at their demeanor and I, I just appreciate it because I really understand what it takes. It, it takes something that is so gut-wrenching and so such a process that it brings qualities out of them that they didn't even know that they had. Today on this very day, I sent a video to my oldest son, Jordan, and it was a, it was a track and field event. It was a qualifying event. And it was several Olympic athletes were in this 100 meter sprint, but there was also an athlete who you wouldn't suspect to be there. It was an NFL player by the name of DK Metcalf. And he's really shot to a level of fame because of his production on the football field. And he has this iconic situation on the, on the football field where his team turns the ball over. And they're like, the person who, who picked the ball off is like 20 yards ahead of him running towards the other end zone. And DK comes out of nowhere, like literally like a video game, like a cartoon and hunts this guy down. Another grown ass man, professional athlete who's flying the other direction. And DK has another gear and he hawks him down and, and, and stops him from, from scoring. All of that groundswell enabled him to get on that track with Olympic athletes. But he ran track, I believe in college and high school. So he had experience, it wasn't just so foreign to him. But for him to have the opportunity to get on that track with these Olympic athletes and actually compete to get to another qualifying round. Now, there's nine people in that race. They, they did not leave him. I'll tell you that, he was right there. He was right there with him. He ended up tying for the final position. All right, so he wasn't dead last. He ran a 10-3-6, all right, which is again, lightning fast. But let me explain this piece to you. He also did this while carrying an additional 50, 60 pounds of just mass that he's moving through space that the other runners just didn't have. If he didn't have that, oh my goodness, it'd be, it's insane, you know, but that level of greatness, and it shows up in different domains. There's different flavors of it because we might see that, well, he didn't win, right? He got on the track, but he didn't win. That's a massive victory to be able to perform, to be able to, 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 to stand toe to toe 
with the world's best in a different domain that's not even yours, that's a win. That's a win. So there's many variations of winning. There's, it takes different forms, but it's also a continuous process. And that's one of the things that really spoke to me in reading Tim's book, having conversations with him, that I've seen many times over and over again. When one victory is complete, the next is in front of you. And once we understand that, it breaks us away from so much worry, depression, anxiety, because so often we're striving for this pinnacle, this thing. And I've met so many people over the years that they get to that thing and they find out that that's not the end, it's that that's not where happiness exists. It might be temporary. They might achieve some temporary happiness, but being gifted with this life right now, it is a continuous process of sprints, as Tim talked about. It's a marathon with a series of sprints. So falling in love with that, embracing that, continuous process, what's the next goal? What's the next win? And finding ways to win day to day in our lives and also encouraging that in other people. That's what it's all about. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today. If you got a lot of value out of this, please share it out with your friends and family. You can tag me on social media, I'm at Sean Model. And of course, you can share this directly from the podcast app. Make sure to check us out on YouTube. We're doing a lot of great content over on YouTube. We're sharing like three to four videos a week over on YouTube. So subscribe to the Model Health Show on YouTube as well. And we've got some powerhouse shows coming for you very, very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.